Today's podcast is brought to you by Dolby Voice. Look, you need good conferencing, teleconferencing, if you're going to work in today's telecommuting environment. We need these workspaces, these huddle spaces where you can sit around and actually collaborate, and you can't effectively collaborate with the bad audio conferencing that's out there. Well, thankfully, there's Dolby Voice and the new Dolby Conference Phone. They completely solve that problem. They deliver stunning audio clarity and 360-degree audio. It, capture, it captures uh, everyone in the room and allows them to be heard and makes the, makes the meetings really easy to follow and participate in. I got a little demo of this. It was incredible. It was like I was in the room. It was perfect for effectively collaborating. And I was just on my on my computer. I didn't have to get anything special. Uh, just download a little piece of software. They had the new Dolby Conference phone. It was unbelievable. Dolby Voice and Dolby Conference phone, they integrate with leading video conferencing solutions like BlueJeans Huddle. If you want to check it out, and you absolutely should, Go to Dolby.com slash Tesh to try a Dolby Voice demo today. That's D-O-L-B-Y dot com slash T-E-S-H to try a demo today. Support for today's show comes from Shutterstock. You might know of Shutterstock as home to royalty-free photos, but they offer much, much more. Kickstart your next interactive project with video clips or music tracks from their collection. If you are trying to make something and you don't want to go out and shoot all of the B-roll, that's like the all of the establishing shots and everything, you can use Shutterstock for that for all of your creative needs. It makes making a little short film online or even doing a big project way easier. So for all of your creative needs, you get them served in one place at Shutterstock. You can take advantage today of a 20% discount the company is offering for a limited time at Shutterstock.com slash Tesh. That's S-H-U-T-T-E-R-S-T-O-C-K dot com slash T-E-S-H. Ah, you know what that sports theme means. This Time is for basketball. The, this is the uh, Russell, what's the guy's name? Simmons show? Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons show. Russell Simmons is a hip hop guy. That's right. Either one of those guys. This is their show. <laughs> Uh, actually, this is the theme song for the Intelligence for Life podcast. Uh, Gib Gerard is with me. My name is John Tesh, and we are here to, as Gib and I are fond of saying, uh, move you from the place you are right now in your life, the place you were meant to be. And um, in the interest of full disclosure, Gib and I should tell you that right now, we have been getting uh, regular IV infusions. Yes, we have. Yeah. And so a guy comes over to the house. And he opens up a vein, and he's a Russian man. <laughs> he is. His name is Vadim, and he sticks a needle in your in your in your wrist, basically, and then in and, a vein, wherever you can a vein, find a vein. In a vein, yeah. Uh, it feels like he's just sticking it right through my le- my wrist. Um, and we get an infusion, and and I'm getting vitamins because I just uh, I recovered from cancer. Gibbs getting. Uh, I get vitamins too because, if he, because he's it, coming to the house. That's where right, all the expenses. Right, right, right. For you, right. you know, hook me up. I'll take one. Right. And and so this is a this is a big deal these uh, vitamin infusions because you may have seen if you watch Billions you saw that that was one of the uh, uh, one of the businesses I love that, that. that Axe's wife and her buddy started I love that um, but the reason I bring this up is that you know when I was doing the radio show Gib I I noticed that uh, our friend Dr David Katz who is the head of the Yale School of Public Health who was on uh, a cruise with us. Uh, giving people all kinds of great health information. Did not give anybody an IV on that cruise. Yeah, he's not happy with it. He's not happy with what we're doing. No? Uh, yeah. So if you're, if, if a lot of people in Vegas are getting this, why? For hangovers. It's right. called hangover heaven. They have these these buses that come and they, they give you all of your electrolytes. Because what a hangover is, is it's it's dehydration and poison in your body that your liver is trying to get out. That's what a hangover is. Right. Uh, so anytime you're dehydrated, if you run a marathon and you don't hydrate enough, you're going to have the the uh, physiological equivalent of a hangover. The IV fluids 
counteracts that as quickly as possible and gets you back to where you want to be. Right. So whether it's whether it's marathon uh, running or marathon drinking, <laughs> that's that's it. But apparently, there's something known as the licensing effect that's uh, that's in effect here, where oh, people think, okay, since I since there is a an IV, I can go ahead and just get crazy and then wake up the next morning and call Vadim. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. there's a there's a lot of licensing effect going on in that in his world. <laughs> yeah. So is it safe? And should otherwise healthy people be getting vitamin IV drips? Doctor Katz, our buddy, says nope. First of all, he says yeah. people getting a vitamin IV tend to feel better because they expect to feel better. It's the good old placebo effect, he yeah. says. Now, now listen, Dr. Katz is a wonderful guy. He's incredible, but he is sort of a killjoy. Well, wait a second. You have been going through chemo. The vitamins are more than just a placebo effect for you. Totally acceptable. He's saying otherwise healthy people. Uh-huh. When you're going through the chemo... So having cancer is not otherwise healthy? healthy. <laughs> I think that's, that's, uh, that's oh. literally the whole point. Oh, well. Go ahead. Uh, but for the rest of us, yeah, we, know we shouldn't be... Uh, I, I understand. You shouldn't be... You're, what, what was it the other doctor said that... Um, we're not chemistry sets. We're not, human yeah. beings aren't chemistry yeah. sets. You yeah. can't just keep messing with yeah. the stuff yeah. and expect yeah. to not have consequences. So dad, Dr. David Katz, says if you're dehydrated, which 75% of us are. Dr. David I, Bummer. <laughs> that IV drip can make us feel better by boosting blood volume. But he says, quote, you'll get identical results just by drinking more water. I mean... But he Look, says they're try def- it. It's a heck of a lot cheaper to drink more water than it is to get one of those it IVs. It sure is. There are definite drawbacks... He says, uh, with any needle puncture, you raise your risk of developing a bacterial infection. Like MRSA? Dude, every time you puncture your skin, if you get a scrape on a playground, if you're you're in a swimming pool and you rub the bottom of your feet raw to where they're bleeding, you're going to risk MRSA. And we have environmental MRSA now, so he's absolutely right. You got to take all of the precautions, clean every wound. My father-in-law right now uh, has an open gash on his leg because of a puncture wound he got on his leg that couldn't heal because it got an infection inside of it. It's real. It's everywhere. You have to be careful. And, and just because we live in a time where it's like, oh, yeah, I'll get a shot for this and, a, and an IV for that, does not mean that it's any less dangerous to puncture your skin. Your skin is your first line of defense in your immune system. So our guy is, uh, is, is, plays things pretty close to the vest because he, he works with a lot of famous athletes, a lot of mm-hmm. famous uh, celebrities. Um, he lives right around the corner from Charlie Sheen, so that should give you some idea of what's You going live on. right around the corner from Charlie Sheen. <laughs> Anyway, if you are in the uh, vitamin IV business, uh, please uh, give us a call or message us on uh, on Facebook. Because, I happen because to love it, but Doctor Katz yeah, says no. Yeah, I, I do too, and and he yeah. So I mean, I, I have an excuse. <laughs> yep, <laughs> you have an excuse for a lot a of things. Pretty powerful excuse. Why didn't you do the dishes, John? Well, you know, yeah, chemo. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, since we're talking about about health and wellness, uh, we got a Facebook message you and I did from uh, Maria Hodge. And she writes, uh, John, you and Gib were talking about people who get stage fright in the bathroom at work. Do you remember this? She says, oh, I, yeah. She says, I'm Shy one bladder. of them. Right, exactly. She says, I can't go if there's somebody next to me. So Maria is uh, apparently among 7 to 10% of the population. What's so, 10% of the population? It's like 30 million people. Uh, yeah, in, well, in the United States, for sure. Okay, who, and who, in the whole world, it's, uh, it's like, uh, what? 700 million. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so 700 million people... Can't go if the bathroom. Uh, Imagine is if they were all people. together. Wow, they were. They really wouldn't be able to That's go. That's a lot of fear. Here's the thing: fear of urinating. Who? No, I don't like going to the bathroom when there's somebody else in the public restroom. I don't think anybody likes it. But when you gotta go, you gotta go. I don't understand how I could, how you could possibly not go if you're there to go and there's people in the bathroom with you. 
So fear, we're going to get back to you because I know you're, 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 you're painting a nice picture of yourself and I'm going to out you here in a minute. So the fear of urinating in the presence of others is called periuresis, also known as shy bladder syndrome, yep. as you said, a form of social anxiety. It can be more than just awkward. Periuresis can lead to an infection if you wait too long to empty your bladder. I did not know that because the bacteria builds up. Yep. Urologists will tell you you need to use the bathroom on another floor at work. Flush the toilet over and over again so nobody can hear you. Yeah, I, I get that. Or if your case is really bad, you really should talk to a therapist about it. But you be tor- more success, be more successful and get a private bathroom. How about that? You get an IV. In yeah. a, yeah. uh, but you, I've seen you torture people in the bathroom. You'll just look over there and go, "Hey, how you doing?" Wait, when you say look over there, I, I look them in the eyes. That's an important <laughs> distinction. I look people in the face. Uh, I do. Here's the thing: when I get uncomfortable, I I flip it. Most people get shy when they get uncomfortable. I get manic when I'm uncomfortable. And so I like to push boundaries when that happens. It's, it's, it explains a lot about my personality, if you know me. So yes, in the bathroom, if we're all lined up at the urinals, I break the first rule of the men's room, which is don't talk to anybody while you're in the men's room. I start talking to people. And uh, that's, that's what I do. And it definitely, I've definitely made some people who have shy bladder syndrome just leave without actually going. And I feel a little bit bad about that, but also a small twinge of victory. Like I, I dominate, like I feel like it's very primate of me. Like, oh, I dominated the bathroom. You're out of here. I win. I, I know that's a little weird, but I, I feel like a silverback gorilla. It's really, really weird. Uh, so anyway, if you have shy bladder, just, under, just, just, under, just understand that it is a thing. Uh, and it's real, so don't feel like you're you're the only person. And 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 seriously, when Gib did the math for us, I mean, right now there are 700 million people somewhere uh, who don't want to go to the bathroom in front of other people, and they're all in the same stadium, and they nobody oh, can gosh, go to the bathroom. That's just that's just crazy. It's, again, it's called in pressure friends. It's called pariuresis. Spelled P A R U R E S I S. Just put a bunch of S's and R's in there, and you and you've pretty much got it. Uh, I wanna I wanna uh, share a piece, um, Gib, about. Um, about exercise, because I know you're always uh, you're always into this. You listen to a lot of exercise podcasts, and uh, apparently, now now this once you see the background, it works. But when I first saw it, I thought, "Why well, is this possible?" Apparently, uh, it's okay if you become a weekend warrior and you only have time to exercise on the weekends. Now, this study that we want to share with you is in the Journal of the American Medical Association. Uh, the researchers there say what really matters is that you get 150 minutes of moderate exercise per week. So say an hour of hiking on Saturday, an hour-long bike ride on Sunday, a few brisk dog walks mm. get you there. 150 minutes of exercise is linked to a lower risk of death from all causes, including heart disease and cancer. And the study tells us it holds uh, true whether you only sweat on the weekends or you spread the exercise sessions throughout the week. So that's 20, 30 minutes a day on average if you do it for the week. But if you just if you, if you, if you condense it on the weekends, it's, it's what, 130? But here, yeah, but here's the problem. What weekend warriors, what, what usually happens to a weekend warrior? Is you keep putting it off and then you don't actually do it. Or you get, you get hurt. Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I mean, I, you know, I, I play in this competitive basketball league and I literally got hurt the first game of the season. So, yeah. uh, but I also know that, that you're, you're, and, and good, and good on you, as we say in Australia, you're, uh, you're really hooked on the, the high that you get from going to the gym oh, every day. So even yeah. if you just went for 10 minutes a day, you wouldn't give that up. Yeah. I know a lot of people that get in and out. My thing is once I'm there, I'm there. I like, you know, I like to be there for an hour and a half, two hours. So I, I, I that's my feeling about the gym, but because it takes me 90% of my motivate motivation that is required for me to get out and work out is the process of getting out and working out. Mm-hmm. Once I'm there, it's not hard for me to keep working out once I'm there. Uh, so I, I absolutely understand this concept of weekend warrior because you only have to motivate yourself to do this twice. 
right? You, you do it on Saturday and Sunday, you motivate yourself or even one big workout. You only have to do that. For me, the biggest hurdle of motivation, I would only have to overcome that once right. and I would still get the same right. health benefit. That's incredible. Uh, pretty, uh, pretty amazing that uh, just working out on the weekends can uh, can do it. Uh, Everybody's for you. working for the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so coming up in just a moment, uh, if you landed a job interview and things are going well, uh, and they ask you the salary question, what kind of money are you looking for? We're going to tell you how to handle it. It's called the briefcase technique. Also, we're going to tell you how you and your partner sleep, whether it's facing each other, spooning, or, or back to back. Researchers say you can uh, tell something about the state of your relationship. We're going to get back to that stuff in just a moment. But I wanted to, to bring this up, Gib, because you're all about it. Um, I was looking at the um, at the trends of books because you and mm-hmm. I are you're in our in our uh, book club that, that we love, and, and Gib and I read like like crazy, and we just love it. We're always and we're getting tips from all the other podcasters, audio out there. books, Kindle yeah, books, yeah. regular books. But three, four of the books now, right right now, this minute in the top ten are Harry Potter books. Oh yeah. And I mean, they're huge. I mean, uh, Sorcerer's Stone, Order of the Phoenix, Goblet of Fire. I've read them all. I've seen all the movies. But let me tell you the thing that I love the most <laughs> about the success of the Harry Potter franchise. Uh, okay. J.K. Rowling, whether you like her politics or not or whatever, this woman had a vision from the get-go for what the whole epic story was going to be. And I happen to love the epic story. But she had to borrow money in order to get her manuscript right, right, printed. Right. How many turned down? How many times did she get turned down with this concept? How many people thought it wouldn't work? And it has it completely shook up the publishing world. I mean, the fact that 20 years later, this book and its whole and all of its permutations and iterations uh, are moving around on the bestseller, bestseller charts, it's, it's amazing. It's a testament to the quality of the storytelling, which is unbelievably engaging. I mean, I've I read 800-page books in a day because they were so good and compelling that I just had to keep flipping through the pages. So good on her. Uh, I read, you know, I read a lot of fiction, a lot of nonfiction. These books are are as they're written for kids, but they're as as interesting to adults as anything you've ever read. And I, I happen to just I just love them, and I love the story of her success of her believing in herself. So, and getting through so it. you think they they announced? Uh, oh, it's the twenty year anniversary of the of I'm, the books, I'm and then sure all of a sudden, oh, I haven't read that, and so now it's the big summer book. I'm sure that's what happened, or or you know when they announced it, they come out with twentieth anniversary editions, and right. if you're a super right. fan, oh, I have the originals. Now I got to get the twentieth anniversary edition, and then before you know it, there you are. Yeah, but here and here's something that's interesting. So we're talking about uh, the, the top books for for summer. Uh, right up there with the Harry Potter books is Stephen King's It. <laughs> well, because they're remaking it. Oh, they're remaking it as okay. a movie. All right. Uh, and All right. and right. and so I think everybody's going back to read to read the books. I cannot wait for that one to come yeah, out. Don't read that to your kids. That's scary. No, no. Harry Potter. Read to your kids. It. Do not read to your kids. Yeah, I keep really joking scary. with my wife that I'm going to read it. Or I'm going to read it to the girls, and and she's like, "You're not." And and but I I, I actually want to go back and read it now. Now that you say that. So that's what's going on in the world of, of fiction on the uh, on the on the book charts. Uh, uh, nonfiction. There is a. Uh, have you read The Power of Habit yet, Charles? Do, no. Do he, yeah. No. So we should do that next. Um, yeah, I actually finished that that book. Um, I, I read it at the beach last time we were there, and I also read Angela Duckworth's Grit. But I read that. Okay, so The Power of Habit. In fact, they quote each other, and this is a this is a great book if you're trying to um, to create new habits or you know get rid of the ones you uh, you, you don't like. Um, so here's a couple of quotes from the, the book, Give. I'll get you excited about it because this, this has got you written all over it. So Charles says, uh, and he's a researcher basically, just like Malcolm uh, Gladwell, Ch- uh, champions don't do extraordinary things, he says. They do ordinary things, but they do them without thinking, too fast for the other team to react. Mm-hmm. They follow the habits they've learned. 
So yeah. that's it's it's that whole thing. I think Belichick does this. You know, the coach. It's it's that whole thing of working the program. They don't think about winning. They think about working the program right. that they put together. Right. Right. And then and then and then winning happens when you do that. Like the more you pra- if you keep practicing a play over and over and over and over and over again until your body just knows where right. to be. Right. Eventually, you, there's eventually you're going to be so comfortable in that play. That if the defense changes even a little bit, you know exactly where you have to be in order to execute the play. You just know. Your body knows. And if you've ever had a great coach, they do the small things really well. What was the whole thing with John Wooden? Do you remember the, the John Wooden sure. thing? Sure, yeah. Where uh, he, would ta- he, would, he had the best recruits. He was, he was coaching UCLA basketball. He had the best recruits in the whole world and uh, because everybody wanted to play for him because they kept winning championships. And what he would do is the first day of practice during Hell Week, he would teach every new player how to put their socks on. Oh, this is great. Yeah, and, this is perfect. And, and these people would, some of them would get really offended. They'd be like, you know, I'm a, I was a top high school prospect. I know how to put my socks on and get ready to play basketball. But he knew the kind of drills he was going to put the, put the kids through. And, if the, and he knew exactly how to put their shoes on so that they wouldn't get blisters. Because if they got blistered, they, they would miss training. And if they missed training, they wouldn't be as prepared as they would be. I've also heard it said that if you, you, no matter what, you're going to be addicted to stuff. Right. You might as well right, replace right. it with yeah. healthy addictions, whether that's exercising or reading or or whatever it is that, that is going to move you right, forward. This, okay. Okay. This is good. It's like it's like you already have read the book. So again, this is uh, Charles Duhigg's The Power of Habit. The reason I want to stop you is this is another quote from the book. Typically, says Duhigg, people who exercise. They start eating better and becoming more oh, yeah. productive at work. They yep. smoke less. They show more patience with colleagues and family. They use their credit cards less frequently, and they feel less stressed. Exercise becomes, wait for it, the keystone habit that triggers widespread change. So talk, no about, talk about this keystone habit. Well, okay, so, so the, you, if we did, we've talked about it in the Navy SEALs book, right? Mm-hmm. Where you, yeah. the, the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning is make your bed. That's a small, easy keystone habit. Some people find exercise to be too hard, but what it does is it sets you up, it sets your brain up for accomplishing things for the whole day because you've accomplished something. I work out first thing in the morning. Plenty of people I know work out late at night. It doesn't really matter. The point is, if you are, if you are habitually exercising, first of all, your mood will 100% improve. Right. I, I, I don't know a runner, a guy who, somebody who actively runs every single day who is not a positive person because you... you you train your brain to overcome hardship. You train your brain to feel the difference between injury and just pain, which is a, which is a big deal. And that translates into emotional stuff as well because you're going to know the difference between an actual insult and somebody who's just being funny. You'll be able to shrug it off in the same way you can physically. Second thing that it does is you're fueling a body that is in motion. And when you're fueling a body that's in motion, to, 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 to John's or to what's the author's name? Charles Duhigg. To, to Mr. Duhigg's point, you are you're going to start eating better because when you eat the pizza and the burgers, it's going to make you feel bad when you're exercising. And if you're exercising is your keystone habit, you don't want to get in the way of that. Yeah, how much yeah. fun are you going to have reading this book? I'm going to have a lot of fun. We're in the middle of uh, of a book report on Charles Duhigg's uh, "The Power of Habit," which can really be powerful in, in your your life. And so, so maybe you don't want to work out. So here's another quote from the book: as, "A workout, definitely so, do it." So as people, this is not his opinion, by the way, uh, Mr. Duhigg. Um, it is, it's, it's all backed by some incredible uh, research that he has found. So he says, quote, as people strengthen their willpower muscles yes. in just one part of their lives. Mm-hmm. So he says in the gym or 
a money management program. Mm. That strength spilled over into what they ate or how hard they worked. Once willpower mm-hmm. became stronger, it touched everything. Everything became stronger. So that's just, you just got to work on one area of your life and it'll spill over. Yeah, I, it's 100%. I mean, I, I, I believe, I've experienced this anecdotally. He's got the, he's got the science to back it up, so you got to read the book. But if you've ever questioned this, I can tell you right now, it's 100% true. I so, mean, I've experienced that. So he quotes a Cornell professor uh, writing in 1984, quote, once a small win has been accomplished, forces are set in motion. Yep, that's that, the making the bed thing. That favor another small win. Quote, small wins fuel transformative changes by leveraging tiny advantages into patterns that convince people that bigger achievements are within reach. Yep, and, that, and that's why great coaches have you play games within games, right? So when you're, in the, uh, when you're in a ball game, it's like, all right, make sure you pass it three times before you shoot it. You're going to get better at thinking like a team and getting those passes out. You're going to end up winning the game because you are focused on the small wins, on those little mini games inside right, the game. Right. There's another book that neither you and I have read, but I just downloaded and I'm going to gift it to you. And it's by a retired Vice Admiral William H. McGravin. He was the commander of the Bin Laden raid. Oh, wow. And it's about, he's saying this is, he has tips that you should know about leadership. Here's the title of the book. And we'll have this for you when we get back in just a second. Make, it's just like what we were talking about. Make your bed. Little things that can change your life and maybe the world. So he says there's a power behind making your bed every morning. He's now the chancellor of the University of Texas system. Learn to do the little things well. Learn to make your bed right. And that transcends into a lot of other things you do. We'll get his wisdom uh, in just a moment here. Well, our show this week is brought to you by Hulu Plus. I don't know if you guys are aware. Do you know The Handmaid's Tale? It's a great book by Margaret Atwood. I read it. They've turned it into an amazing series that you can only get on Hulu. It is a hand, it is a Hulu exclusive because they made it. It's a Hulu original. So if you didn't know, if you tried Hulu before, there is a whole new look and experience. It's more personalized, more intuitive, help you find the shows that you want to binge watch. John and I are both addicted to binge watching shows and Hulu Plus is the best platform to do it on. You can create up to six personalized profiles, including a new kids mode. So maybe you don't want your kids to watch a dystopian take on uh, women's rights, right? Which is what The Handmaid's Tale is. You want them to just be able to watch kids' shows. Well, you can absolutely do that with the new kids' mode. They can watch shows and watch television on any platform. That's iOS, Android, Chrome, Chromecast, you know, Apple TV. They're able to look at all of that stuff or just your computer without having to worry about getting the other stuff that you don't want them to see. You can get full seasons of Fargo. That's for adults. Blackish. That's for adults. Empire. That's for adults. Great shows. Uh, as always, all the new shows are on Hulu, which is incredible. They also have a new live TV option. It's going to totally transform the way you watch TV. You don't need any other thing. You can just watch Hulu Plus now. With live, it starts at $39.99 a month. It's limited commercials, right? Nobody likes commercials, but we got to have them. They limit the commercials when you get this new streaming plan uh, that's, again, $39.99 a month. That's 50-plus live channels and on-demand channels. You can even watch sports, ESPN, Fox Sports 1, regional sports. If you are a Major League Baseball fan, I'm a huge Dodgers fan. If you're a fan of the NBA Finals, I'm a huge basketball fan. You can watch them with the new Hulu Plus. You can also record live TV just like you can with a new cloud DVR that you're able to access from anywhere. 50 hours of storage included. You can even upgrade to 200 hours. That's a lot of television to have stored. It's available, like I said, on iOS, Android, Apple TV, Xbox One, Chromecast, and a whole bunch of more devices that are coming soon. So enjoy all of your TV in one place with the brand new Hulu experience. Go to Hulu.com to start your free trial today. We've talked about it before. I 
love care of vitamins. Uh, they are a sponsor for today's show, but what you don't know, or what I've said before, maybe you don't know, is that I'm actually a customer of care of because I like it so much. It's really hard to figure out which supplements to take. We talk a lot about supplements on all of our shows. What I did was I went to the care of website, takecareof.com, and I filled out a little questionnaire. They asked me a bunch of questions about my lifestyle, and they recommended a whole slew of supplements that I should have been taking. And then they send it to me in this beautiful box with individually packaged for each day, little packets of vitamins, no more disgusting, well, no, not that disgusting, but no more vitamin bottles clouding, crowding out my, my pantry. It is now just this beautiful little box, does not bother my family to just have that on the counter. It is, it's, it's so classy and looks so good. So again, this is the thing that you need to figure out what you're taking. You go to the Take Care Of website, and, they, and they'll take you through exactly what you should be taking for your personal goals when it comes to what you, what you want for supplements. So TakeCareOf.com, get your personalized recommendation. If you use the offer code TESH, that's T-E-S-H, you get 50% off your first order. That's TakeCareOf.com, offer code TESH for 50% off your very first order. Well, our show, as I mentioned, is also brought to you by Dolby Voice. We need to be able to collaborate effectively. And right now, telecommunication stinks. All right, everybody's trying to talk and the, and the auto ducking, you know, the, the conference phone, it just kind of stops you from talking or, or blocks you out while somebody else is talking so you can't hear them. It's not good conversational flow. And that's really important if you're trying to have ideas. Not everybody is able to just wait, stop, talk, let the other person talk. That's not, that's not good for flowing the way that our brains work, at least for me. Maybe you're different. But for me, I need that kind of flow, and most people do. Well, guess what? All of the problems when it comes to room-to-room video connection are, and the audio associated with it have been solved by Dolby Voice and the Dolby Conference phone. It is a breakthrough audio technology. It sets a new standard for how you can expect conferencing to sound. I've heard it. It's like you're in the room. It, is, it makes teleconferencing as effective as being in the room together. And if you think about how much money that could save your business, it's staggering. You could, you could go to Bora Bora with that much money that you'll be saving instead of having to travel to get effective collaboration. So the Dolby Conference phone brings full room, 360-degree audio capture. Dolby Voice and the Dolby Conference phone, they deliver stunning audio quality that allows everyone to be heard and makes meetings easy to follow and participate in. The, the result is that conversations flow naturally as if you were in the same room, which is, which is the goal, right? When conversations flow, that's when decisions get made. It's when innovation increases. And even, even that, the widely spread, New York and Los Angeles, St. Louis and Miami, you, it, it, it actually makes it seem like they're more effective and working together better. So additionally, Dolby Voice and Dolby Conference Phone are integrated with leading video conferencing solution, solutions such as Blue Jeans Huddle. If you want to hear it, you have to hear it to believe it. You need to check out Dolby Voice today. It's an absolutely free demo. See what I'm talking about. It's a lot of hype, it sounds like. It's not hype. I'm telling you, you need to check this out. Visit dolby.com slash tesh. Get that free demo. That's dolby.com slash tesh. Why not? Just see what I'm talking about. Am I, am I crazy? I'm not crazy. I promise you. Dolby.com slash tesh. Check it out. We're back. We were, we were, we were just before we left you guys, we were talking, well, we didn't really leave you guys, but before we, we talked about the people that make this podcast possible, we were just talking about how important it is to make your bed, how important the small victories are. And we're going to tell you more about this book, uh, the, Making Your Bed, The Small Things. Yeah, the little things that can change yes. your life. And it's, but it's written by, by the commander of the Bin Laden raid. And his name is uh, retired Vice Admiral William McRaven. And the title of the book is Make Your Bed, Little Things That Can Change Your Life and, and Maybe the World. Given I love, we're in a book club together. We love doing these, uh, these book reports. 
So the Wall Street Journal says about this book, uh, quote, it should be read by every leader in America, a book to inspire your children and grandchildren to become everything that they can. Uh, and it's, it's basically about, uh, again, and if you, if, you, um, if, you, if you miss what we were talking about uh, with Charles Duhigg, it's basically how the little things, ordering the little things can change your life. And it's what the Navy SEALs do. Yeah. I mean, it's, if, you, if you do your push-ups with the right form, then you're not going to hurt your back and you're going to be able to grow stronger as the training pr- progresses. I, it's it's every, little, every little thing matters. It's why, it's why podiatrists are important doctors. Are you following me? Because here's the deal. <laughs> no, wasn't. If your feet are messed up, <laughs> right. your whole body is going right. to be messed up. That was a big thing in World War II. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's why you can't, go to, you can't go to war if you have flat feet. That's why podiatry is important. It's not just your feet. Your feet are the center, for, they are the point of contact for your whole body. You can, I, I, have, um, I use a great app. I use Todoist, yeah, uh, yeah, which well, I'm, I'm trying I'm, to get you I'm, to do. I'm in on that now, yeah. So what you do is you, you, you put in all of your to-do lists, you prioritize them, and, and it, it gives you a digest of the day of what you need to do for the day um, if, you're, if you keep up with it. And the great thing about it is it organizes your mind and you can knock little... I always like to knock a couple little things off at the beginning of the day to just get me in the zone. And it's so true. I mean, I, have, I experience this so much. Like if I just exercise in the morning, if I just get that out of the way... Everything becomes easier. All of my approach to things, my mood, everything is easier. If I can meditate and pray first thing in the morning, uh, right after I get back from the gym, that's all the better. I mean, I, it centers my whole day around that, and I, I agree with this 100%. I can't wait to read this book. And here's a great, again, it's, uh, it's uh, uh, Make Your Bed uh, from, uh, from the- I'll Vi- put a link in the show notes. Yeah, from the Vice Admiral. Um, now, if you, want, if you really want to anchor uh, your, uh, the rest of your life, you, you probably want to find the right job, right? So- um, let's say that uh, you've landed a great job interview. Things are going well, and we promised we were going to bring this to you. And then uh, it's the dreaded question that they ask, right? And you're not sure what to, how to answer this. They say, okay, you can tell they like you, you know, and you've done all the right things. Uh, what kind of money are you looking for, says the interviewer? Here's how you $2 billion ha- a month. Here's how you handle it. It comes from personal finance advisor Ramit Sethi, and I don't think you've heard about this. It's called the briefcase technique. So when they start talking salary, uh, uh, Ramit Sethi says, say this, oh, before we get to that, let me just show you something I put together. And then you literally reach into your briefcase and pull out a proposal or a document or something on an iPad, and you show your ideas for the job or the company, marketing idea, list of potential clients, could be anything about their business that you could improve and how you do it. Uh, Sethi says, the briefcase technique shows what you bring to the table. It helps the interviewer see beyond a set number. They start calculating right then your value based on your skills, and your passion for the job, your work ethic, creativity. Most candidates are not going to do this. It's the briefcase no, it's, technique. It's a lot of work, for, first of all. And, and, and yeah, Listen, you could, you, could, you could put together, well, you could do this in a, in, in a second, right? You put together, what, a little, a little drag some stuff into uh, to Final Cut Pro or into uh, iMovie, right? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Cut and, and do a little voiceover and, show, and like have a graph go up and down a couple of times. Just the fact that, that <laughs> you- graph go yeah, just the, You pull that out of your briefcase, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'd probably overact this if it were me, but no. I think I think I think if you're great. this is this is something you taught me early on about auditioning is always have. They're always going to ask you to prepare one piece for the audition. Right. Always have another piece for when they say, "Oh, well, just improvise something." Always have another piece ready to go. This is the same basic concept. Always have, always have that one more big reveal. It's it's uh, it's Monty Hall syndrome, you know. There's, oh, there's always, it absolutely there's is. another door. It absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah, what's what's that in your purse? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, well, and and it's um it's also that thing of being of being found ready, 
right? You you always want to uh, you always you always want to surprise people. And I think it's mm-hmm. the same. It's the same way with even if you're going out on a first date. You know, having two or three conversation starters like we provide have another this- date ready to go just in case. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's the briefcase technique, and boy, boy, does it, it does it work? And let's uh, let's segue into some uh, sleep intelligence because we're gonna we're gonna decode Gib and his wife's um, oh, no. a, a sleeping life now. Nope. Okay, now there's. Maybe we should do this with me and my wife because you've got kids all in your bed anyway. Yeah, it's completely all up in your ruined. Grill. Yeah. So anyway, so the question for you out there: take this test with us as we go through this. How do you and your partner sleep? Do you face each other? Do you spoon? Are you back to back? The researchers say the way we sleep says something about the state of the relationship. A study of a thousand couples uh, showed the closer you sleep to each other, the happier your relationship is. So partners who sleep less than an inch apart are far more likely to be happy together. Uh, yeah. Less than an inch apart. Yeah, then those with a gap between them of 30 inches. <laughs> you measured all this well, stuff. Obviously. Couples that sleep face to face, ew, uh, they're the happiest. I just go, I, I don't want my wife to smell my breath. Also, 90% of couples that spoon or sleep touching back to back are equally happy. 91% of those couples say they were satisfied with the relationship. The least happy couples give were ones who didn't touch while they were, were sleeping. So even just a big toe on, oh, a, on a calf or. Look, it's a, it's a, it's a symbolic gesture. I for, for me, I. You know, no matter how many kids end up in the bed with us at any given time, <laughs> the the little big toe or the handhold is so important because, like, I get up early, and sometimes, sometimes my wife gets up early to exercise before I do. And if there's if that if that side of the bed is empty, it should feel like there's something missing. If there, if you don't feel like there's something missing when the when your spouse gets out of bed with you, then uh, then maybe rethink a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, you know that that makes sense to me because that subconscious connection is there. Well, and you know, you, you know, they, we, uh, my, my wife and I uh, are incredibly uh, romantic, even after 25 okay. years. Okay. And, and, and we, one of the things that we like to do, especially on Saturday or Sunday nights is, and I've mentioned it before, we'll, we'll lay in the bed side by side, holding hands and watch um, uh, husbands and wives kill each other on Dateline. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's incredibly, right? You're trying to figure out, you know, if he's guilty, if she's guilty, you know. And what, what a joy for the two of you to be able to share that. <laughs> Look at this intimate moment of, of that husband not getting away with killing his wife. Yeah, it was like, you know, it's like, hey, hey, Connie, you want to watch uh, Silence of the Lambs? No, let's watch Dateline. It's the same thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All this stuff about the, uh, oh, she hired a hitman. You know, that's, you, that's, that's what you guys fall asleep to. Uh, I'm sure that's I'm sure that's planting some horrible seeds in your guys' minds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so listen, I th- I thought this was fascinating because since we're on this uh, ketogenic diet thing, there's not a lot of food available for us out there in the in the real world. There's a lot of cooking going on in our in both our houses. Um, so I thought that uh, it's it's sort of happening naturally to to you and me more to you because you're better at this. But apparently, home economics classes are making a comeback in school. Oh yeah, it's an article in uh, one of your favorite mags, the New Republic. So the traditional high school subject, when I was a kid, taught girls how to sew on a button, boil an egg, balance the household budget. Uh, it was phased out. Uh, I graduated high school in 1970, and it was phased out like 74 or 77 because feminists complained that the classes kept women tied to the home and dependent on a husband for money. So now Republic columnist Rebecca Traster says the classes are being brought back. She's happy about this, and she says she's happy it's being taught to both boys and girls. That's the thing. The fact that it was only taught to girls is probably a problem. Yeah. We yeah. should all be able to manage our checkbooks. Yeah. You know, they, they, they joke that we don't teach this stuff in school anymore. Like, oh, I learned algebra, but I don't know, I don't know how taxes work. Well, they used to teach you how taxes work. Yep. They stopped. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and so she says, uh, Tracer says, 
Um, it would be if uh, these classes will prepare boys, especially to live on their own someday instead of being taken care of by mom and then a partner. Look, man, we should all know you should all know how to balance a budget. You should all know how money in versus money out works. There's incredible apps out there. Mint.com is, is a great app. It's free uh, for managing your finances. But but you really should you should be able to get a picture of where your money is going. And, uh, you know, a, a class that, that has high school kids do this before they get to college or, or before they get out into the real world is, is, is fundamental. I'm, I'm glad this is coming back. And, and, and again, I'm also glad that it's going to both boys and girls because boys need to know it, too. Yeah. You need I, to know how to balance yeah. a checkbook. Yeah. I really wish I'd learned how to, I wish I'd had a money management uh, class in, in high school for sure. Well, you have a money manager now. You're, you know, you're big time. <laughs> yeah, he just tells me, how come you never learn to manage your own, your own, your own money? Uh, so things are really changing in this world as uh, you're a Gen Xer, Gib, but uh, millennials are, are 18 to 34. You're yeah, little, you're a little older than that. A little, well, or you know, some people will say 18 to 32 to uh-huh. 30. Uh-huh. Uh, it's it's the real the real defining factor of the millennials is they have grown up with technology completely infused in their lives. That's right, really right, the distinct right. distinguishing mark. So, sociologist Richard Oseo has been examining the resurgence of different types of working class occupations um, among uh, young city dwellers. And uh, if you remember, yeah, and give you've studied this, so you you remember when. People um, knew their butcher by name. At least Connie and I remember this. You've mm-hmm. heard about it. Uh, and you, you still do this. Every guy in town went to the same barber. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that, uh, they, well, and uh, then you'd see the local fishmonger to get the catch of the day. <laughs> you don't have that right now. Yeah. Well, it's, a very, it's very provincial. You know, it's artisanal is what they call it right, nowadays. Right, right, right. So, so apparently this, these days are da- back because millennials are way into embracing old-timey professions. We saw this start with beer brewers, right? Mm-hmm. And now they're becoming bookbinders. Mm-hmm. And this, our sociologist friends uh, says that uh, the interest in jobs like these are a backlash against all the digi stuff. Yeah, I absolutely get it. I, mean, I know a lot of super analog people. I look, I, I, I make my coffee without an automatic coffee maker because yeah, I like yeah. this process. Yeah. I actually find it very meditative to sit there. I use, um, I use what's called a Chemex pour-over machine. Mm-hmm. It's not a machine. It's just a, it, well, it's like a big glass funnel. It's an artisanal process, basically. Yes. And, yeah. I, and it, it's slower, it's, uh, but I think ultimately I have more control over the way that everything tastes, and I end up liking it more uh, as much because I've put more time into it as the actual product of the coffee. And so I 100% get this. I love reading digital books. I love listening to audiobooks, but I can also see the... Uh, dare I say it, Zen art form of sitting there and slowly binding the books. Just make sure your glue doesn't have mercury in it, otherwise you're going to end up crazy. <laughs> so anyway, our expert says um, that uh, millennials with college degrees are having to explain to their parents why they're not going to finance a computer programming. Instead, they want to create craft cocktails, shave clients with a straight razor, and carve the perfect cut of ribeye. So have you ever had a straight razor shave? I have. It was a really, really long time ago. Now, it's, now it scares me. I love automatic shavers as much as the next guy. I mean, uh, safety razors, the modern safety razor. They're great. And I, nine times out of ten, the fact that we have those, and so we're not cutting our necks apart every time that we're uh, every time that we're shaving ourselves, is fantastic. But I've had a very long, slow, straight razor shave before from a barber, and it is the best feeling in the world. You, I've never had. It's really interesting. Skin. Really interesting sound, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. it's intense and it's scary. I mean, the guy goes over your neck with a knife. It's it's very intense, but at the same time, it's it's the shave is so close. You're you're it's 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 uh it's like going it's a it's a guy's version of a day spa. That's what I'll say. 
It's the guy's version of Days by the massage your face to do it. So I really do. I get this. I get this desire to go back to when things were simpler and we spent more time on each individual thing. That's great. And also, you're never going to get better fish from uh, from a grocery store than you are from a guy who all they do is fish. And you're never going right. to get better right. pistachio nuts from uh, from like the you know the nuts for nuts guy as you are from the guy that's just all, all he does is he grows nuts in you know a, a farm in Santa Barbara. Go talk to that guy at the at the farmers market. You get the best pistachios ever. Um, speaking of uh, artisanal stuff, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of kids are apparently uh, going back and becoming um, uh, uh, farmers, uh, dairy farmers uh, especially, which I which I found very interesting. And, and why? Um, well, because because again, it's I get bookbinding, but I don't want to be around a smelly cow all day. <laughs> again, it's that artisanal thing, right? Yeah. Um, and so uh, one of the things that's happening apparently is because millennials are so great at studying this stuff. And we'll leave you with this uh, this piece. Uh, is that um, they found out that dairy cows will produce uh, three to five percent more milk if they listen to the right music instead is of it listening. Air to, supply. Instead of, I'm all out of love. <laughs> I'm so lost with Instead of you. listening to mooing and milking machines. Yeah. So uh, the cows that are surrounded by music are are less tense, uh, and uh, the difference uh, the this uh, three to five percent. Please increase. tell me that the punchline is the ultimate music for milking cows is is your music. Is the it's, not, it's not. It's not. I looked. The Tour de France soundtrack. I, I thought this sounds like it must be uh, something dun, making fun dun, of dun, me. Dun, dun, yeah. dun, 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 but check dun, it out. The three dun, to five percent. We're milking cows now. The, the three to five percent increase could mean the difference between a farmer having a profitable dairy and being forced into bankruptcy. So. Uh, the margins the, are that slim. The milking music, the cows love it so much. The dairy farmer, Christine Spajensky, says it's easy to tell when the radio is turned off on her farm because the cows are edgier and they're more, uh, more reluctant to come into the milking shed. So here we go. According to a list in Modern Farmer who studied this, the top pop tunes for happy Holstein, Guernsey, oh, and gosh, Jer- Jersey wait. cows. What a difference a day makes by Aretha Franklin. Really? Yeah. I mean, okay. What, that's what a difference a day, day makes. Twenty-four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would have, okay. That's been used in a lot of commercials. I guess yeah. there's some some subconscious yeah. thing that goes uh, on. Number two is Simon and Garfunkel's "Bridge Over Troubled Water." And like a bridge over troubled water. And the classical music favorites of dairy cows are Beethoven's Pastoral Symphony, which I won't hum for. I you. don't know it. Mozart's Concerto for Flute and Harp. But it has to be in D major. Oh, of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. The music that cows dislike is hard rock. Did not increase the milk uh, output. And they I t- feel like it would stress them out. It's it's a lot of banging noise. It's yeah. it's, not, it's not very melodic. And check this out. I don't know why they t- they tested like a lot of different stuff. Uh, the worst testing music for dairy cows to produce more milk was Yanni. <laughs> I wish. I wish. <laughs> Sorry, been, Yanni. It would have been great. We just should have said it. was um, was a Willie Nelson song. Really? Yeah. I feel like that's that just sounds like milking cows to me. <laughs> I'm on the road again. Yeah, they didn't like it. Didn't I'm like surprised. It. Maybe they just played a different song or something. Uh, maybe, maybe they're they're not into his whole like drug habit thing. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah, that could be it. The, yeah. cow, the cows, the cows know they're they're political. They're, yeah, they're right leaning. Don't forget to. Uh, that's all we got for you today. <laughs> that's plenty. <laughs> don't forget to share this stuff with your friends. And, and uh, Gibbs going to make sure he puts links to all those books that we were talking about today. I can and, remember all of them. Yeah. And the next uh, next podcast, uh, we're going to talk about this book that I've I've read it twice already because we went on a little mini vacation. I recommended this to you and to mm-hmm. everybody. It's called um, "Steal Like an Artist." Yeah, "Steal Like an Artist," and I wanted to see. It's it's by Austin Kleon. Uh, gosh, it's, uh, it's a number one bestseller uh, at uh, Amazon now. It's it's about how you can 
it sounds weird. It sounds like you're stealing stuff, but it's it's about emulating other amazing artists uh, in the world to figure out where your purpose and your creativity is. Uh, and I, I, it's one of those books, right? You've done this where you where you outline every single page. You're just like, why don't I just outline the whole thing? That's why you copy Yanni. Oh, I couldn't it. help it. Stop. I couldn't stop help it. it. You, you can't it. set me up like that. You brought it back again. Thanks All for right. listening. Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast, Guys, please, if you like the show, tell your friends about it. I've gotten a few little uh, social posts about it. I appreciate it. But tell your friends about it as much as possible so that we can keep doing it. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks again, guys, for listening. Our show today has been brought to you by Hulu Plus. Hulu has a new experience that lets you watch everything from Hulu Originals to full seasons of your favorite shows like Fargo and Empire all in one place. You're not bouncing from app to app. You're not bouncing from interface to interface. Just set it and forget it, right? You turn it on, you start watching TV. That's the goal. You want to melt your mind at the end of the day. I'm with you. I do it all the time. Hulu Plus is the way to do it with a new option to add live TV. So you're not missing anything. You can get limited commercials. So you get live TV with limited commercials, Hulu streaming, as well as 50-plus live and on-demand channels. It starts at just $39.99 a month. You can even get sports, which is important to me, news, which is important to me, and you can record live TV with a cloud DVR so you can access it from anywhere. I travel. That's great. If I can access my DVR when I'm on the road, that's a game changer. Enjoy all of your TV in one place with the brand-new Hulu experience. Go to Hulu.com to start your free trial today.